Hello and welcome to episode 249 of SMARTS, which as we all know stands for Shazam Main Antagonist Rehabilitation Teased Sweetly. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> so finish the intro. My name is Rediger Q Podcaster, aka Trevor, and your name is... Julia Gulia of Internet Fame Dash Podcaster. Correct. Hmm. So we don't really have any news this week, uh-huh. so we're going to move straight on to Comic of the Week. What was your okay. comic of the week? My comic of the week was Shazam number 14, which you actually referenced in the acronym. Um, I really love the ending to this uh, series that was done, the the, ar- the story arc with finding the seventh uh, champion and um, him being reunited with his father, but not really. And then at the end, you see him have a moment with his actual father and what that looks like and him defeat... Um, and defeat both bad guys. Uh, it, it was just a really fun issue. All the, all the art was amazing. Um, everybody's interactions were amazing, and the hopeful bent for uh, Black Adam's rehabilitation was also um, awesome. And even what's his name, the the actual wizard sitting atop his throne someplace else, looking through a window into their universe, was saying, oh, I should have trusted you all along. You know, this is actually, you may be the one to rehabilitate the former champion and kind of fix my mistake, you know? So, oh, all of that swimming together, and it was just so beat for beat. It was just wonderful. I just really had a great time reading it. How about you? Mm-hmm. I agree. It was really great. Yeah. And it was fun to see Superboy Prime again, who's always sort of a, <laughs> a fun antagonist. That was interesting. You, I literally had to stop reading and ask you all about that history because I... I was like, why is there a bad Superboy version here? I didn't understand anything. You'd need, you'd need to read Crisis on Infinite Earths and then Infinite Crisis. Okay. That's a lot of reading. <laughs> and then perhaps Legion of Three Worlds. Perhaps. Okay. But we'll, That's we'll, optional. We won't, we, won't talk, <laughs> we won't mention Countdown, though. Nobody needs to read Countdown. Okay. Okay? <laughs> I think I could keep that straight. <sighs> okay. What about you? What was your comic of the week? So I picked Strange Adventures number five. Nice choice. Uh, the series continues to be really good. This yeah. one um, sort of started to ratchet, ratchet up the tension a little bit because the alien force that decimated Ran now seems to be heading towards Earth, mm. uh, which is something that had only been sort of hypothesized in earlier issues. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you'll need me if they ever decide to come to Earth. But here it seemed to be much more of an imminent when. Uh, threat. Yeah. We really get a lot more of uh, Alana Strange in this issue and mm-hmm. her, you know, her motivations she almost seems like she's being kind of manipulative here you know what i mean yeah sort of i don't know there are machinations i mean i'm sure she wants what's best for her husband but she really seems to be uh pitting you know sort of playing the political game he's just sort of like he just wants to do the right thing seemingly but she's sort of playing the political game more to sort of get more power and recognition for her family you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which probably makes sense i mean she thinks that they're the or at least so we seem you know so it seems seems to believe that they were like the saviors of Ran. And moreover, growing up as the daughter of like one of the preeminent leaders of Ran, she probably has a little, she's, she's nobility basically, right? Mm-hmm. She's like science mm-hmm. nobility. So she probably feels like she's owed a certain amount of deference and power. You know what I mean? And if she can't get it on Ran anymore because the place is like a crater, she'll, she'll get it here. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's sort of an interesting take on the character too. So I'm enjoying that also. And there's not as much, I mean, the, the, Past, the previous issue was more about Mr. Terrific, and so he's barely in this one at all. But it's it's kind of cool how it bounces back and forth between the two of them from issue to issue as we sort of get all sides of what's happening. Yes, agreed. 
Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, it was it was fun to read. And now I'm wondering, like, if she's going to be an antagonist after all. Like, what what's she? I don't think they're going to turn her evil. I just think that she's. I just think that they're. Tom King is writing her more more of a as more of a political creature than her husband and who husband is who's just like that's for darn true. You know, uh, a gun toting good guy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Where she's she's more savvy, more gray than that. You know? Yes. I think that's all it is. Hmm. Very good. Should we move on to your activity? Oh, I'm ready. So this was the one we were supposed to do last week, yes, right? Yes. So this yep. is the sequel to the one we did a couple of weeks ago, where we uh, ranked the flashes. Okay. So this week, I thought we would rank the non-flash speedsters. <laughs> okay. If okay. I even know all of them. So okay. there's eight of them here. Oh, You're at least boy. passingly familiar with all of them. Okay. In one form or another. So there's Johnny Quick, mm-hmm. Jess, who's probably the one you're least familiar with. Jesse Quick, Max Mercury, Wallace West, Iris West the second. That's Wally's daughter. Okay. Uh, the Tornado Twins, Access, and The Flash of China, a.k.a. Avery. Cool. Okay, you know what? So you what? have 10 seconds to rank them. Cool. I'll do it. I'll do it in 10, um, 10 minutes, right? You said 10 minutes? Great. Um, Avery is my number one. I really like her. Um, this, is the, this is the axiom of fami- uh, the Gulia familiarity this is yeah. <laughs> this is all based on my familiar familiarity. Remarkably hard to say. Um, <laughs> this is all all based on that. It's um, how else am I going to base it? I don't know. <laughs> um, I really loved the run with where, when she was introduced. No and, pun intended. Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and I like her multiple multiple appearances. She's always been a um, a fierce supporter, and I really like her. Um, her backstory and her arc and how she came into contact with the Speed Force in the first place and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, she's my favorite. Followed closely by Wallace, who has an interesting backstory, who I um, really kind of rediscovered in here and who briefly, like Wally West on the CW's Flash, the TV show, is sort of based on this character. I would say he's kind of. of I say he's he's kind of a combination, right? And so, I mean, between that and what I've read, like his actual backstory in the comics, he's African American, which obviously is the Wallace West thing. I would say that his personality is mostly Wally, although they gave him more of like the a little bit of like the bad boy stuff early on, where he was doing like illegal street racing and stuff. And his conflicted uh, sort of like family issues because he was angry at his mom. The Wally had a lot of family issues too. His parents were were. Pretty, oh, pretty. Well, they weren't like abusive people. or whatever, but they were just like bad parents, and so mm-hmm. that was why he really gravitated to Barry, to Barry and Iris, oh. and sort of saw them as his parents. Like he called them Uncle Barry, but they were really his. They're really his mom and dad, basically. Like they're really his parents for all intents and purposes. Oh, that's a bummer. I didn't even know that. Um, okay, well, I didn't know that, but yeah. So anyway, um, that he's my second because his comic backstory and his comic stories are so grounded and wonderful that I never I, I love reading and there's him. There's plenty of interesting stuff going on with him over in Teen Titans too yep. right like his will they won't they thing with Emiko and him trying to and the thing for a while where he was like Deathstroke's protege and now he's kind of trying true. to, to, mm-hmm. to um, make up to, for that. Right. But he was also trying to bring Deathstroke into the into the well, light. That, like, that was, you remember when Deathstroke was like... Well, that's when he was being a hero dressed in white and Team he was, Defiance right, for exactly. 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah, still. I mean, that. there you go. Um, 
okay yeah so he wally's my wallace is my number two um who else are oh excess because all that's i know just her because from, the cw show. i don't think you've read a single CW. i mean she's not nope. even in continuity right now maybe Sorry. She, maybe they got to go back into the sp- speed force and pull her out too they literally could have just taken her name and put it into the cw show and i would never know because again haven't she's encountered her similar in the comics. to the, the comic but, but she's supposed but in the comics of course she's his granddaughter not his daughter right okay well, she's Bart's cousin. She's wonderful. Then who else do I know? You know what? I'm gonna put. I'm gonna throw you a big curveball. Um, For that matter, Jesse Quick has been in the show exactly. a lot too. Jesse Quick, yeah. Jesse Quick is my next one, and then the big curveball is Johnny Quick because I remember Have you him. Read a single comic with Johnny Quick? Nope. In it? But he's the one that in the alternate universe in one of the Justice League shows that we were enjoyed the animated oh, cartoons. Well he sacrificed himself, I, and I he mean, was so funny in that one episode. Different. That's all I got. That's all I got. Sorry. That's different. So, I mean, it just happens. It happens to be a character that has the same name. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's that's the Johnny Quick that I know. All right. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, so there, there's he. And then I'm sorry to put Max Mercury. I know you have such a fondness for him, but I've never encountered him in my in ever in the history of ever. So I have to put him on the bottom. So there's my list. Well, oh, the, and the Iris, tornado twins. The and, and Irie, Iris West the second, yeah. All of them have to go on the bottom because I didn't encounter anything. In fact, the tornado well, twins on the, the very, very bottom. Well, well, they're, they're being kinda, very naughty down there. They're being manipulated. Well, then, then they disappear. But they're being manipulated by the negative speed forces, what they established in the last All issue, right? right? That's well, where they disappear. Fair, fair. But, but you read a little bit about Iris West II in uh, Flash Forward, right? Where Wally found her in the dark, found her and her brother in the dark multiverse and brought them back to be oh, reunited with their mother. So you Wally's read them a little kids. bit okay, there. Okay, so yeah. th- them two above for that matter, the two people that I For that matter, if you read Kingdom Come, she was the Flash in Kingdom Come. I, have no she, idea I don't think she had any lines, but she was there. She, Nobody had any lines. Somebody drew, come. you know, Alex Ross drew her. That, I mean, painted her, I should say, because all of those were painted. She um, survived. She was one of the few people that survived. Well, she great. She was like one of the 10 metahumans that survived in the kingdom come. <laughs> well, shucks. That's wonderful. So news. Mark Wade could tell more stories with her where, she, where Wally traveled to the future and teamed up with her a bunch of times. Cool. Okay. Um, but anyway, that's my ranking. What about you? Um, hmm. So do you want me to recap my ranking one more time? No, I remember you. Okay. Um, I mean, I haven't read a lot with excess in it. Avery, Avery is okay. I feel like, I feel like Avery's a fun character, but I, I feel like I don't. She's not. She doesn't come across as terribly deep right now. It's just a question probably of there needing. There need to be more stories told about her. I, I like her, but I, she if had I had plenty to, of depth in the um, the Superman of China run. Yeah, she had a lot of depth. Although there. I would That's say she I was, feel I know her she was like friend. one of the less interesting characters to me there. I mean, fair because they didn't give her so much to do. But in terms of depth, I mean, you got a pretty well-rounded person there. I think um, it's it's hard because a lot of these are like a lot of these are like I feel like I feel like I'd have a, like a six-way tie for <laughs> for second place because none of these are like my absolute favorite characters. <laughs> Um, this is not. Why would you give yourself a ranking activity you don't really well, feel you can do? Mostly giving it to you. Oh, I see. Um, maybe Max first, followed by Wallace, then maybe Irie. Then I like the Tornado Twins as a concept, like the child, the twins that Barry had but never knew about because he sacrificed himself in the crisis, and they sort of grew up in the future, learning about only mm. hearing about their dad, sort of dad, the the great hero, and. But I never really, I haven't really read too many stories with them in it. They were always just, because they never really got their own series or whatever. They were like, oh, they existed. They just, right, and then it like, was mentioned you in a sort of found out what happened to them later when mm-hmm. their kids came along, Bard and Excess. Um, so yeah, maybe like Max, Jesse, Wallace, Irie, uh, Avery, the Tornado Twins. 
Uh, did I say access already? Yes. Then maybe Johnny at the bottom. I, I actually Johnny Quick I like as a character. I put maybe Johnny above the Tornado Twins and Access and Avery. John, mostly for uh, he was one of the I, I guess you could say one of the main protagonists, kind of like the everyman protagonist of James James Robinson's uh, JSA <laughs> series, The Golden Age. Oh. And the relationship between he and uh, Jesse's mother, Liberty Bell. Between him and. That too, <laughs> um, was one of the main parts of that story. It was really good. Um, yeah, so I liked him in that, although he's been mostly, like, when I started reading The Flash was, like, right after he had died, right after the Terminal Velocity arc where he died fighting Savitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, all the stuff I've read about him, and, and you know, it was the true, true about Barry, for that matter, for a long time, was a lot of the stuff I read about him was sort of after the fact, you mm-hmm. know, as, as a historical um, curiosity and not, like, an active part of the story. So, but yeah, no, I did like him in that one story. So I guess that would be my ranking. Mm-hmm. Very awesome. So the only show we have this week is Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, Cupid's Errant Arrow. This yes. one was a lot of fun. So there was a lot of ge- lot of geeking out in this one because mm-hmm. um, Mariner really sort of had, she had like the big oh conspiracy God. board of Star Trek references with Whales and Sulaban and the Duras sisters and all that on there, like all connected. And the idea that, and again, this is, I feel like this was one. So what was the, what was the A plot here? I mean, oh, that's right. They were, so they were, oh, that's right. Destroyed the moon, right? The moon was going to crash. That's so that's, right. I mean, talk about your Star Trek things. A moon about to, a moon about to crash into a planet and Starfleet's right. got to come in. And there was, I mean, there's, what was the Deja Q? That was the yes. one that everybody remembers where Q, they thought Q was responsible for, for sending that moon or whatever into the planet, but he had lost his powers. And I feel like right. there was at least one or two others where they had to, where they had to uh, do something Implode, where there was something about right, to crash into a planet or some imminent natural disaster that they were there to to science the the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was happening, and they even tied the two together in a clever way at the end, where Mariner and uh, whatever the what was the name of the girlfriend? I have no idea. They were fighting. They were fighting on one of the little state, the one of the, the little stations that was there to yeah. that was there to uh, to to solve the problem. And the uh, the captain having to negotiate between all these different factions in the in the boardroom yes, there that, that was, was hilarious. Funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. But the idea that um, the idea that Bormler was sort of punching above his weight, yeah, uh, romantically, and the idea that there was a any time something any time any anything strange or peculiar is happening on a starship, it's mm-hmm. probably because there's some sort of possession or alien parasite involved. Yes. But then, of course, the reversal at the end is that Bormler was the one that had the parasite, yeah. although it wasn't affecting his behavior. It, it was, was just affecting it, his, pheromones. his pheromones. Hilarious. Yeah. No, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. It's, there were a lot of fun references in this one, a lot of fun performances, and it had the, the sort of the A-plot, B-plot dichotomy that the that the show tries Enjoys, to do. yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was... A- it was a really Oh, and of course, Tendi and, and uh, Rutherford on the Vancouver. Should oh, I read too right. much? Should I read too much into the fact that that the Cerritos is a California class ship, and all the all the ships that are oh. of its class are and and the so Vancouver the, is from Canada. Well, and British Columbia is basically the California of Canada, right? Geographically speaking, and in some ways culturally also, right? Okay. Well, I mean, they're on yeah. the same coast, yeah. Right, and you know, they're actually. You know what I mean? Yeah. They actually touch each other. So should it, so should we read it too much into the the Vancouver is a city in Canada and uh-huh. in, in in British Columbia and the Cerritos and Cerritos is a city in California uh-huh. and the Vancouver is basically like the Cerritos but better in every way. Should I, should I be reading too much into the fact that that's like a 
Oh wow! An, endor- you dug deep. an endorsement you know of Canada there. <laughs> you need to go to the uh, subreddit for this and take a take a crack at it. See if um, well, it can't be a coincidence, right? That the Va- no, that Vancouver a is a city in basically the Canadian the Canadian analog of California, right? Which and the Cerritos being a California class ship, and it's like oh, it's the same kind right, of ship, but, Vancouver but better. Vancouver is the capital, though. That's the difference. Yeah, it'd be there. It'd versus... be more equivalent if you had like the Vancouver and the and the. San Francisco or something like that. Sacramento. Yeah. Sacramento, California. Yeah, but Sacramento is like the 10th most important. Or Los Angeles. The Los Angeles or or San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that was funny too. But the whole thing with them being on the ship that's better in every way and they've got the, the... the little scanners that they're so. Oh, well, they. I think they were. There were tools more than they were. Like they weren't tricorders. They weren't just scanning. No, they with were them. doing they were actually, diagnostics. They were doing like. Or were, were they, they just doing, doing realignments? Di- I think they were doing like tricorders are, are passive. They just scan things. Right. I thought that they were actually actively they were doing tools. something. You're right. They yeah. were tools. Like, oh, I could do my my medical stuff so much faster. Or yes, I could do more diagnostics. Or I remember the terms diagnostics being. Uh, bounced around a lot, and that's more of an a- analysis, isn't it? I mean, it's literally a diagnosis of stuff. And yeah, and then the guy, the sort of middle manager type on the Vancouver, who wanted to what was what was his thing? What he, he wanted, wanted to transfer off of the ship because it was too. Oh, it was that's too right. Much. He, because he they yeah because they were having right. They're, this is like they're like they're like having enterprise the alpha adventures. Like, oh, He's we, like, I we, just want a quiet life. We traveled back in time and we killed the baby that was worse than Hitler and all this yes. stuff. It's like I don't want to have to do that stuff anymore. It's too I don't you know everything is everything is too epic here. I'm tired of epic. I want you know what I mean. Yeah, I just want so they're quiet. the ones that are having these. Are, the Vancouver is like the ship that has the same kind of adventures as the Enterprise. Enterprise yeah, but their crew isn't quite up to handling it you know like they yeah. can get the job done but they don't just brush it off like picard's like oh i guess we mm-hmm. changed history again fifth time this week <laughs> I'll, right. I'll, I'll record a captain's log while i stare pensively at the window and then by next week i'll have forgotten about it right yeah <laughs> um yeah but i but that's the sort of clever yet loving deconstruction that the show does right yeah. like yeah that's true like if you think about it, Probably the Enterprise is just one the... ship out of thousands. Yeah. I saw somebody had ran the numbers on this once. Like if you consider over the seven seasons of Next Gen, the number of times that they traveled through time and changed history, even if only minor ways, and you fa- and you figure that's one ship out of thousands. How many times in an average day does history does does Earth history get changed? And that's oh, just boy. in Starfleet vessels. That's yeah. not including any time travel adventures like the Tellarites might be having, having or whatever, right? Right. It's like five times a day Earth's history is being changed by time traveling Starfleet officers or something if you if you run the numbers. You know what I mean? So funny. So, of course, there'd be some ship that's having all the same caliber adventures, mm-hmm. but they're slowly cracking up because of it, right? So Whereas the people on Cerritos aren't doing squat, but mm-hmm. they're content with their lot in life, you know? Yep. And then, of course, you get the fun little flashback. Um when Mariner was serving on a different ship that was docked at Deep Space Nine, and they're all wearing the TNG movie era uniforms yes. slash latter Deep Space Nine era uniforms, and like, oh, did you hear that Data's got an evil brother who teamed up with the Borg, right? Uh, and then yeah. the, the woman's boyfriend turns out to be this massive space monster that eats him, and Hilarious. yeah, that was a fun little. I mean, we, who would have thought we would see not? I mean, not just those cool gray and black uniforms, which I always like, but uh, but a little shot of Deep Space Nine on. Uh, so great. On this show. So yeah. great. I mean, they could have had a little cameo. They, they're being very restrained about it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, really, you could have had... That could have been an opportunity yeah, to have it could at Quark's bar. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It could have been at Quark's. You wouldn't have even needed to have any dialogue. You could just have Morn sitting there. Morn doesn't speak anyway. Exactly. That's as much of a cameo as he ever had. Yep. All he did was burp that one time. It was the only line he ever had, right? Well, there was... No, he, he had a line. No, he didn't. 
He just burped up some Latin in that one time. That's that was the only true. sound he ever too. made. I think they actually had some dialogue for him as one of his earlier appearances, but it got cut. Oh. And so much the better because then that allowed him to develop as like the guy that never speaks on the show. Hilarious. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, they could have done that. I don't know where they're supposed to be eating. Just like the replimat or something. Right. Some random. It could have no, been. They the, could have just been docked and, and sitting in their ship. It could have been their ship. Yeah. It did kind of look yeah. more Starfleet than anything. But um, yeah, but they could have had them at the, they could have had them on the promenade. They could have been eating at that weird restaurant with the singing Klingon waiter. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, so they, <laughs> they're being, they're, they're pretty restrained there. I mean, that'd yeah. be probably more expensive to animate all that extra stuff and do the extra background. Suppose just I mean, having maybe. like sort of a, a gray Starfleet mess hall kind of kind of background. background yeah. But huh. yeah, they still had people in the background, so I don't know if that would have been much more added. Yeah, to the I think they probably didn't want to. I think the the thought think process they, they, they just didn't want to detract because right. you're supposed to be paying attention to the main characters and what's going on and having all the little cameos in the background probably would have been a little too distracting in that instance. Hmm. Yeah. But it was was a really fun episode. I I continue to love the show. It's hilarious. It's wonderful. And that's it. That's our only show this week. Okay. So if you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is at smartspodcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. Um, How about... Ooh. (laughs) 